Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy, happy Friday. Hope you had a great week and you were looking forward to the weekend. If my throat, if my voice sounds a little hoarse, <clears throat> that is because I've been uh, putting in a hard week in the gym, man. And today I got in uh, some road work outside and it's like 97 degrees out. Wait a second. All right, there. Can you guys hear me? All right, I think I had myself muted there, but um, just wanted to say happy Friday, everybody. Hope you had a good week and you're looking forward to the weekend. If uh, my voice sounds a little hoarse, I, I put in a long, long week at the gym and I put in uh, some road work today in the 97 degree heat. <sighs> brutal, man, brutal. But uh, I'm trying to, trying to you know, get it tight because I got about a month before this master's tournament that I'm doing out here in Atlanta. So, um, yeah, man, just breathing in that hot air and working in the, the hot sun, uh, doing a run and then doing um, doing some uh, sprints at the end of it. What my ass. So I'm looking forward to uh, a Sunday off. I ain't doing shit Sunday. I am just sitting on my ass and resting. <clears throat> Deed 3440 with the super chat. Thank you so much, Deed. He says, uh, <laughs> BBC protecting boxers from Canelo. Hey, that fits, man. Uh, that's a perfect segue. Uh, wow, I can see in the in the chat the tone of this uh, of this uh, show is going to be very interesting. Let's get right into this, guys. So, um, Canelo and Plant is off, and of course, everybody now you know. Subsequent to this announcement a couple days ago. Uh, everybody's speculating and talking about it and pointing the finger and who's to blame and this, that, the other. And of course the usual suspects are out. A lot of people are blaming Canelo saying he's a diva. He's making unreasonable demands, this, that, the other. I want to, I want to like shed some light on this and give a little perspective. Okay. First of all, this isn't an A side versus B side promotion. You're talking Canelo plant. You're talking, so when Canelo fought Golovkin, both fights, that was an A side versus B side, but that was very, very close. I mean, that was like A minus B plus, you know what I'm saying? Especially the second one. That was a true A side, B side type of promotion. This is A side, C side. This level of promotion is equivalent to uh, when Floyd Mayweather fought Robert Guerrero, which I think was in 2013. Okay, so let's go back to 2013 for some of you. Uh, some of you might be newer to the sport. Maybe you weren't even watching boxing at that point. But in 2013, I believe the fight with Robert Guerrero was one of the first, uh, one of the six fights that Floyd signed with CBS slash Showtime. His guarantee for those fights was $32 million, right? Guaranteed purse for Floyd against Guerrero. And then I think there was pay-per-view upside, whatever. I'm just talking to guarantees. That was part of that contract. So Floyd was guaranteed $32 million. Robert Guerrero was guaranteed $3 million. For you math geniuses out there, that is just under 10% of what Floyd was getting, okay? And I bring this up because Floyd was the last guy that ran the sport. He was the last, call him a diva, call him whatever you want to call him, but he was the last man that he was the man that ran the sport he was the premier fighter the premier brand got the most money all that good stuff right now that's clearly canelo that torch has been passed 
and it's clearly Canelo right now. That's why I'm making this comparison. This isn't to hate on Floyd. I'm just letting you guys know. This is that was an equivalent promotion, honestly. And, and, and honestly, Robert Guerrero was more of a brand than Caleb Plant is now because Robert Guerrero actually brought in uh, a, a demographic, demographic support, and he came from the boxing hotbed of America, California. So he was, you know, Mexican American, came from California, was known among boxing diehards and California fight fans, Mexican American fight fans. Was a blown up featherweight, fought most of his career as a featherweight, a little while at lightweight, fought Floyd and, and many other PBC guys at welterweight and pretty much became a mercenary just for money for Uncle Al. But against Floyd in 2013, he got $3 million. So he got 10% of what Floyd got. And that went to uh, Showtime pay-per-view because it was the first of that six-fight deal. People call Canelo a diva. He wants too much. He's making too many big demands, blah, 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 blah. In this instance, him versus Plant, you guys got to remember, Canelo, most of his career fought as a light middleweight slash middleweight recently. So he's been moving up in weight. He's fighting a guy that's naturally larger, unlike that Floyd versus Guerrero thing. Also, Canelo was going to make $40 million, right? And Plant was going to make $10 million. Now, I'm not a math genius. But that's 25%. So a guy who brings in less to the table, and it's for an undisputed you know, uh, championship, right? So that's for an undisputed fight. I just, the same people, particularly media people, some of the typical talking heads in media, but some of the guys on YouTube and, and Twitter, the same guys that were praising Floyd for getting the bag and dominating, getting 90% of the purse, against Robert Guerrero, a blowing up featherweight in his Showtime pay-per-view. Well, it wasn't a Showtime pay-per-view debut. It was of that deal, that six-fight deal. The same people that are praising that are now hating on Canelo, calling him a diva, saying he's making unreasonable demands when Plants is going to get 25% of the purse that Canelo is getting. So this deal is way more fair to Caleb Plant then the deal between Floyd and Robert Guerrero, and by the way, I could bring up other examples, other guys he fought, like Victor Ortiz and guys like that. Um, way more fair th than that. Way more fair to, to the C side. Because this isn't A side, B side. It's A side, C side. So a lot of y'all got short memories. Either that or you're new to the sport and just don't have the historical knowledge, which is okay. That, that's why you watch channels like mine and other channels to, to learn this stuff, right? To hear about these things. And that's totally cool. But some of y'all that know better, you either got short memories or you're fucking biased. Everyone's talking right now about Canelo being a diva and making unreasonable demands. And now let me be clear about the injury clause real quick before I go further. We don't know both sides of the story. Have you guys noticed that the American fight press has only talked to one side of the promotion? I looked at Cop's article, and there, there's only like three dudes. It's what, Cop, Ioli, and Raphael. It's the same guys doing it over and over, right? And to different degrees, okay? They're not all the same person, but they're the three top guys that, that get the stories. And there just tends to be a, maybe this is just natural, but a preferential treatment to the American side of the promotion, the premier American promoter who represents the most American fighters. There just seems to be a pattern there, a track record. 
And I didn't see anything at Cops Peace that said, we reached out to Canelo, there was no response. We reached out to uh, Eddie Hearn in that match room, there was no response. In relation to this uh, injury clause, I'm not going to spend too much time beating up the injury clause. I will just say this. Um, it, it can be amended, right? If, if that's a sticking point for PBC, okay, just give a revision. Offer a revision and say, we think it should be like this, or let's add to this clause to protect our side, whatever, okay? But you guys are, are some of you out there are forgetting something. You're only hearing from one side of the promotion. They're leaving out a lot of details. And the reports that are being written based upon those talks with one side of promotion are only representing one side of the promotion. They're leaving out other things. I was looking for a part in Cop's article where he was going to mention that the biggest demand made in this entire thing was from PBC's side, from Caleb Plant's side. Maybe some of you have forgotten this, okay? So we're going we're gonna to back up here. Before this promotion even started, before Canelo made one demand, Caleb Plant, the C-minus side, to Canelo's A-plus-plus side, made the biggest demand we've had so far. Can any of you uh, tell me what it is? Uh, I'll take a sip of my drink so you can think about it. Here we go. <sighs> Caleb Plant said, the fight has to be on Fox. It has to be promoted by PBC. It has to be a PBC show on Fox. I'm not going to the zone, right? He said that before this thing even fucking started. That is essentially cutting the negotiation in half. That is eliminating 50%, actually more than 50% when you really whack it up, of, of the potential negotiation that you could have. That demand was made by the plant side before anybody on Canelo's side made any demands for a rematch clause, an injury clause, et cetera, et cetera. Are we not? Remembering, are we forgetting that? Because none of the articles I've seen from the typical guys and the subsequent YouTube videos from all the guys that are paid under the umbrella, none of those videos, podcasts, articles, blurbs, blogs, whatever fucking word you want to use, none of them mention that. Why not? Because that's a bigger demand than any demand Canelo's made. And it's from the C-minus side. So I don't want to hear about Canelo being a diva, Canelo being difficult, Canelo being um, unreasonable. I don't want to hear it. When that's the first demand that's made, cutting the, the negotiation in 50%, dude, 50% of the possibilities out, right? And we've seen the zone throw money out at fights. We've seen the zone overpay Canelo, Triple G, and other guys for lesser opposition than Caleb Plant. So there's no reason to think that the financial demands couldn't have been met on the other side. Okay. But if that's the first demand that's being made up front, why is that not being mentioned anywhere? And all I'm hearing about is this injury clause, which, by the way, I get the injury clause. I don't particularly love the wording of it. I think that it could be amended, I think it could be made. A little more inclusive to to cover both sides' concerns, but I do get it. A couple of super chats. We have a super chat from JM Zero. Thank you so much. 
He says Canelo is overpaying a lot of these guys. Yeah, he absolutely is. When you're the guy running things, you can either grossly underpay anyone who's willing to fight you, or you could do them a solid. Again, I'll go back to Floyd. Floyd butt-fucked most of his opponents with no lube. I didn't even buy him dinner first. He just did the fish hook and blah. I, I mean, look at the purses for some of the guys he fought. Now look at Canelo. At least his opponents are making record paydays several times over. Caleb Plant has barely made seven figures, I think, in his career. I think he might have got seven figures for a fight or two, just over. He's going to get 10 times that for this fight, okay? Uh, and, that, you know, it's not coming from Canelo Promotions, obviously. This is going to come from PBC. But the fact that Canelo didn't say, hey, I want 45, you give him five, that didn't happen. That may have been seen as an unreasonable demand. All he wanted was protections in case Caleb Plant gets COVID and gets sick, injured, whatever. And it has to withdraw from the fight. And that's pretty reasonable to understand. Feeling dangerous with the super chat. Thank you so much, brother. He says, uh, I've heard that the multi-fight deal was never dropped. And that's why Canelo walked away. I've heard that too. Uh, also, Al was under pressure from Fox to bring more Canelo fights to get the contract renewed with Fox. Yeah, so I, I've heard these angles too. Um but none of this has come directly from Canelo's side uh, because they're not talking. Now, let, let, me be, let me be clear. Let me be fair. It's hard to get fi five minutes alone with Canelo. It's impossible. I, I've tried to get Canelo before. And, I mean, I've gotten a couple of minutes alone with him. It's very, very difficult. Okay. But so, so I get it. I understand why some of these guys in the media, it's, it's much easier to talk to Caleb Plant than it is Canelo Alvarez. But we just haven't heard anything from their side. Um, and to me, that shows that they're trying to get a fight done. Because if you're trying to get a fight done, whether it's Plant, Dimitri, Beevil, whoever, your ass ain't talking to the media. You're behind the scenes working with the people you need to work with to get a fight done. The fact that the PBC side has leaked to the media, and it's the same guys over and over that they leak information to, right, and get them buzzing and chirping on Twitter or whatever, uh, the fact that they're doing that shows me that side isn't as interested in getting this thing done because the side that's quiet, that's the side that's working behind the scenes, right? That only makes sense. But again, this is all hearsay. All we can really do is speculate yeah, even Hawker, Hawker must stay on the chat, said this is all speculation here. Say, so yes, 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 this is true. Torn Fox says, uh, when Eddie Hearn speaks, Canelo was speaking. I, I got you. Eddie Hearn has talked a little bit about this. However, I will add this, man. Eddie's not the lead promoter here, right? Because up front, one side of this thing said, we ain't working with, it's not going to be Matchroom. It's not going to be the zone. It's got to be PBC and Fox. So PBC and Fox is the lead promotion here. They're supposed to be the ones getting things done. Eddie has basically sat back and said, Canelo, do your thing, right? So if Eddie talks, yeah, that's Canelo talking. Yeah, but Canelo also has a different kind of relationship with Matchroom and Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn represents him. They have a deal together. But it's kind of a one-on-one, -on -one, or I'd say um, one-by-one 
type of thing, like one fight by one fight. Eddie doesn't tell Canelo what to do. It's the other way around. On the other side, Caleb Plant don't tell anybody over there on PBC what, what to do. It's very much the other way around. That's just It's just a different kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Mitch Pryor says, wait, Twitter boxing is not fact. I know. Crazy, right? Crazy, crazy, crazy. I want to show you guys a couple tweets because I thought this was funny. Let me uh, jump to this real quick. I tweeted this, uh, this poll. I'm going to see if you guys could see this. Can you see this? Okay. Yes, you can. I tweeted this poll May 9th. Only 1,200 people responded. So it wasn't a very popular poll. But I just said, is PBC going to block Canelo versus Plant? And only about just under 60% of you said yes. 40% of you thought the fight was going to go through. And I, I got to admit, I mean, even, even I, I still have hope that this fight can happen. I just found it interesting that uh, I tweeted that out in what May 9th over two months ago, two and a half months ago. And it just, uh, it's funny, you know, to revisit some of these old tweets. Uh, there's another one I wanted to show you guys. Let's see if I can find it. <laughs> one more real quick. Yeah, here's another one. This was from a couple weeks ago. This is, uh, I'll just read uh, word for word here for you guys listening later on. If Canelo versus Plant doesn't happen, it's 100% on Caleb Plant. Simply put, he can't get that kind of payday with any other opponent on earth, and he knows this. He'll probably make more losing to Canelo than he'll make in his following three to four fights combined. And I was actually being pretty generous with that. That's the truth. So it's fun to go back and revisit some of those old tweets. And, and I, look, for the record, I also tweeted, I think the fight will get done. I hope it gets done, all that kind of stuff. But I've been pretty consistent from the jump here that I thought this was a completely one-sided matchup. I think Canelo is going to steamroll plant. Maybe it goes the distance, but there's also a chance that Canelo could stop him late. And none of this is hating on Caleb Plant, okay? I got nothing against Caleb Plant. I'm just telling you the truth. Him, and it, it's just like Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders, and these other guys in that division. They've all fought nobody. And they're kind of just waiting around for the big payday. It, it's something that we see more and more in the sport. And you see it with a lot of the PBC guys. I'm sorry, but you're seeing it with more and more of them. The Charlo brothers, right? There's an example. Tank, right? These, at least Tank is building a brand. He's building a brand and he's he's becoming a popular fighter. But some of these guys like Plant, like the Charlos, and there's others I can name, they're not even becoming stars, right? They're fighting in front of the same, if they go to pay-per-view, it's the same 100,000 people that buy the pay-per-view. If they fight on regular Fox or whatever it is, it's the same million or so people that are tuning in to watch. There's a few million diehard boxing fans in the United States, Right. So if you poll a million or something viewers, that's that's a good rating in today's era, but it's the same people watching over and over. You're not building anything. You're hoping to get that big, big super fight eventually. And, and right now, the guy at 160, basically all the way to 175, you know what? 168 to 175, the one guy is Canelo Alvarez. At 160, the one guy is Gennady Golovkin. Everyone's kind of sitting around waiting to get those fights. 
Charlo, Jamal Charlo, and Demetrius Andre. Here, he's a matchroom guy, so it's not just PBC guys. But they're both American fighters. You see this more with American fighters than anyone else. Um, some of the UK guys too. But, man, they should be fighting each other. I've been saying that, right? I've been saying that. But they want that. They bitch and moan. They want Golovkin. All the guys at 68, at 75, they all want Canelo. I will say this. There's this guy named Dimitri Bevel. He has been calling out Canelo Alvarez for a long, long time. And apparently they're negotiating that right now. I don't know. We'll see. I wonder if, if he's being used as a negotiation tactic and they're really talking to Caleb Plant behind the scenes. That's possible. But if a fight between Canelo and Dimitri Bevel does come off, I like that fight much better. I think Bevel's a better fighter than Caleb Plant. Certainly fought better opposition, uh, both amateur and pro. My only sticking point would be if Canelo wants a fight with Bevel, who's obviously fighting at 175 as, as a pro, right? 175-pound title holder. And he says, you know what, bro? You got to come down to 68. Guys, we're, what, six weeks away from fight week, right? If they stick with the September 18th date, that's a lot to ask. That would be too much. Now, if he said 172 or something, I could live with it. But if he drains him at all, drains him at all. And I understand if Canelo wants to do that, he's the man. He's the A-side. I get all that. And with Bevel, it really would be A-side, C-side, okay? Bevel's a bit bigger of a name internationally than, than Plant. But in the United States, they're interchangeable. So I get it if, if Canelo wants to do that. But don't add a rehydration clause. If you drain the guy, you make him come down to 172, let him rehydrate. You know, um, That's the only thing. I would just hope that it doesn't turn into something like that. All right, let's see. I think we got a phone call here. I'll jump over to the – oh, I thought we had a phone call, and then everything dropped. Man, God, it keeps doing that. Damn it. Now you guys got to listen to me dial into the phones. Um, sorry about that. I don't know why it keeps doing this, guys. I don't know if it's my connection lately or what's going on, but now you're going to have to listen to me call in and get uh, get set up on the phone here. Thank you. All right, hang on. All right. The session in Colin's studio <sighs> and cannot yet receive calls on the neutral corner. Shut up. Please visit Shut the Colin Studio website and begin your session. I am Music. beginning my session. Welcome, host. There we go. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers. All right, you Colin guys can call in again. Interface. Yeah, John, I saw I, the it went down. Okay, I think hopefully this is you, John, because I know you were trying to call in. Let's uh, jump to the phones. Seven seven three, you're on. What's up? Yeah, I missed the first part of your show. I was trying to call in. Um, I'm gonna go. You brought up the Bevo thing, and something's interesting. I know what you were saying about the 168, and I'm not about to compare these two fighters as far as skill sets or accomplishments. But if you recall, and I don't know if you said this, because I just jumped on, um, Bevo himself was the one who had said, I'll come down to 168. Yeah. Which is kind of reminding me when Dawson said the same thing when he wanted to fight Andre Ward. The only, the only distinction I'll make, brother, the only distinction I'll make is that Dawson had a full mm -hmm. camp to get down. Bevo would have about six weeks. Oh. So that would be the only difference. Oh, I, I, 
I agree. I agree. I just, but I think that sometimes uh, people are, and I'm not trying to say Ward is at, was at the same level of, of Canelo, but I think sometimes fighters chase after someone and give up, I don't want to say advantages, but things that they shouldn't just to get the fight. And something tells me, even though I, at first I thought the plant and the Canelo fight was not going to happen, I have a thing that Bevo is just a pawn. I don't believe they're going to fight him, yeah. uh, even though they've thrown the name out because of what he just said six weeks, unless he's going to debilitate himself. Um, I have a feeling that this kind of reminds me of the Triple G uh, Canelo, the rematch. And if you recall, remember how that went? It was a lot of posturing, fight scene dead, and they threw names that said there were other options, and then the fight got back on. I think they have to figure out this thing with Plant. Now, I don't know the whole thing. I know Plant he has mentioned that he gave all the concessions except for one concession. They said that if he gets hurt, right. Canelo could still have the same fight and they would replace him with someone or he would get all everything that he wanted. Which, I that sounds like more like an Al Heyman and PVC thing as opposed to a Caleb Plant thing because it's like, okay, if you're out to fight and you get hurt, what does that have to do with you at all? Right. So something just tells me they're going to try to get this back because what you're saying, this is six weeks. Who's ready to fight this guy? Like, who? I mean, some people could just jump at the offer, but it's going to be like, who? he wants to unify. Something tells me they're going to try to figure this out and try to get it done, even though I'm real doubtful that it will get done. But that's that's just my thought on it. He's the guy that's there. He's the guy that's already in the camp. He wants unification. Something just tells me they're going to figure this out and probably this fight is still going to move forward. Because I, I just don't see B-Roll being the case with what you just said. He only has six weeks. And who's to say what type of shape he is, even if he was trying to make 175? Not to say he's out of shape, but some guys do kind of balloon up. That's a long... That's I, I just don't see that happening. And that's a harder fight to kind of push out there. There's a lot of logistics. Who's going to pick the fight up? Whereas Fox and everybody was ready, the date is ready. I I just think it's going to be that, unless they're just gonna have Canelo fight some I don't want to showcase fight, and I don't think he wants to do that. Yeah, he already had a showcase earlier this year against uh, Yildirim, right? So right, and I, I just right, I don't see what the like the options are. I mean, could they bring in Triple G? Yeah, they could. Uh, that you wouldn't really have to necessarily promote that. That's already there. But then again, once again, he has a little bit more pull than Plant, though, even though he's declined. He's a little bit more of a remarkable name. When Canelo, I think he's the only person besides the Floyd fight with Canelo get a million pay-per-views. I know they wouldn't go that route, but he would be there. I don't necessarily know if he would do it in, say, six weeks. Are you crazy? You know, he has yeah. a little bit more pull. I think he would. He would call that. He would like he did last time with the fight. He was like, "No, nah, I have to get more money." So I think I think they're going to try to go back with Plank. If it doesn't happen within another week, he may just not be fighting on September. I know, I man. Know it'll be dog. Are. It'll be the third year in a row that that the premier Mexican fighter does not fight around Mexican Independence Day for the third year in a row. That yeah, would be crazy. It, it is, yeah, I agree. I, if, and if what Plan is saying is true, I, I just think that's a well. I'm not, I'm not Canelo, so I just think that's a, a concession he could have just gave up if it's true. 
I don't know. I don't have any sources. You're you are more in tune with it than I am. If that little thing of if he gets injured and he still gets all of his guarantees is the biggest stumbling block, then you know that's to me on PBC and everybody making sure they have an option B. I mean, paying forty million for a showcase fight or someone lesser—that is a lot of money. But that's my only thing, you know. Unless, yeah, change the amount. Say, uh, okay, if it's a replacement opponent, you get thirty million. Okay, cool. Everybody's happy. You know, do something like that. Or they could, or they could do this. Uh, (laughs) It was me. When does Davis fight? Who? Uh, David Benavidez. Oh, David Benavidez. He's got a fight uh, coming up. Yeah, when he has a fight when though? When is? Let me double check. Next week. It's very soon. Let me double check. Because that means he's already in the camp, right? He's already in shape. He is set to fight additional six weeks. Yeah, you're right. He was going to fight August 28th. He was going to fight. Okay, so that's August 28th. How far out is that? Four weeks. Four weeks, you ever say? To me, that would be my other option. He seems like he wants to fight. He does. Like, I'm not saying that Caleb doesn't, but it seems like he's like, I'll take it. And if that is the case, four weeks out from his fight that's coming up, which is a guy who, you know, not a bad fighter, he'll be fighting, but the guy who's lost, I think, the last three out of four, you go with David, even though he doesn't have a belt. He would offer much more of an action fight than probably what Caleb was, who's going to probably box. And I do like Caleb a lot. That's four weeks out, but the fight is six weeks out. This is a guy that already fights at 168. To me, that would be what I would go with. I, even though I think Kenny's throwing Devo out there, I just think that's them trying to push it. But if it's me, I would be, if I'm Davis people, I would be trying to reach out and get that fight. I yeah. think that would be a fight that people will you know, be a little bit more excited for from just a a style standpoint. Because you know, I'm not saying necessarily Davis going to win, but he's not going to run. I mean, he's not going to box. He's going to actually be there to fight. Uh, even though I think Caleb and Davis should have fought, you know, I don't know how long ago, yeah. um, just to make for should have fought but two or three times already. Option. Yeah. Yeah, they should have fought already. And the way it comes out of there, that stock goes up. To lose the even performance where this stock doesn't drop. But I agree with you. I don't know what the options are here. I mean, I, I just really don't. I, I like Bevo, but is that a sellable fight? You know, like you're saying, he's just internationally, he's known, but he hasn't fought himself there. <laughs> what yeah, has he fought yeah. like twice in two years? That's that's a good point. That's yeah, a good point. Yeah. And also, I would be like, man, don't you got some business at 175 to take care of? Why don't you guys at 175 straight that problem? And then that would be more interesting. And then the winner, the last man saying that his market value would be high. I don't understand the boxers of today. I mean, I understand it's a business, but I remember the days when the fighter could just say, "Hey, make the fight." Yeah. I don't give them whatever. Just make the fight. I just want the fight. And I don't know if that's the case nowadays. But sidebar, and I know you got other people, and and I know people don't are really totally against the third fight that's coming up. But it makes me appreciate whatever went behind the scenes between oh. Wilder and Tyson Fury. For these guys to fight three times. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk yeah. about a hell of a deal. Other... Getting that deal yeah, done. I don't Holy know what shit. Was... Yeah, I don't know what they did behind the scenes. But just the first fight was just came out of where it wasn't announced. Second fight done. 
third fight, you know, even though it was all a mess that we had, but still, they got, you know, it's there. And it's crazy that these guys are going to fight three times and we can't even get a PPC guy, a high-ranking guy, to fight anybody that's not within their circle. It's, it's just it's just bizarre. And I don't understand what Caleb's doing. But maybe it's beyond him. I hear you, brother. But I would be, yeah, but I would be definitely saying, make the fight. But thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. And uh, continue on, bro. Love hearing everything you say. Uh, great content as always. Uh, you know, keep those trolls, <laughs> keep those trolls at bay like you always do. Thank you, sir. You have a great right, Friday, man. great weekend. You too, I'll, man. I'll, have a great right, weekend. Bro. Thank you. All right. Yeah, he, br- he brings up a great point because when the arbitration uh, ruling or whatever came down for Wilder Fury and that judge said, you got to make this fight, the third fight, that shit got done in like a week or two. I mean, they already had the contract, you know, they already had the venue booked, which, which makes you kind of wonder if Top Rank already knew and this is all some like weird, weird power play on their end that gone wrong. But um, still, once that ruling came down, they got the fight done. Now, you know, whether you believe the COVID stuff with Tyson Fury, I don't know. All right, Stephen Taberas on the chat says, Montero is saying Plant should give up everything to be a paid tomato can. That's ridiculous. Stephen, what's ridiculous is how you got that from what I said. I, I never said that. And again, I will go back to, did you think Robert Guerrero was a paid tomato can against Floyd Mayweather? Did you think Virgil Ortiz was Marcos Madonna twice, Andre Berto? Because those deals were all way more unfair to those fighters than this deal is between Canelo and Plant. Also, the injury clause has nothing to do with Caleb Plant. That has everything to do with PBC. That is between Canelo Alvarez, Canelo Promotions, quote unquote, and PBC. That has nothing to do with Caleb Plant. So I don't know how you get that out of everything I said. Caleb Plant isn't going to be a paid tomato can dude. He's about to get $10 million. Tomato cans don't get $10 million. Do you know how rare it is for a boxer today to get eight figures? It's not that common, dude. There's only a handful of guys that get that kind of money. There are dozens of fighters way better than Caleb Plant, at least way more proven, because maybe Caleb Plant has more to him than we know. He just hasn't had a chance to show it yet. But there are dozens, literally, not not two, three, dozens, okay, of guys that are more proven, have given more to the sport, fought better opposition pound for pound, and don't make dick compared to $10 million. So I don't know where you get that from, bro. You're going to have to explain yourself with that comment, because that just doesn't add up for me. Super chat pledge from Joseph Perez. Thank you so much. He says, plot twist. Plant versus Benefides up next. Let's go. Dude, I'd love to see it. Just like John, the last caller, you know, he mentioned it. But I just, I actually think Canelo's side would turn that down. I'd love to be proven wrong. But I think Canelo would want a full eight-week, ten-week camp. But you know what? More so than Canelo Reynoso, Eddie would want eight, 10 weeks to prepare for nothing but Benavidez. Five, six weeks? Mm, I don't know if that's, they're going to feel like that's enough. But, dude, I'd love that. Are you kidding? If that happened, you got – or uh, you know what, dude? I totally, I totally misread your super chat. This is how burnt I am from the sun today. 
I thought you said Canelo Benavidez up next. You said Plant Benavidez up next. Okay, dude, now I got what you mean. Ah, I apologize. I completely misread your uh, your super chat. Caleb Plant, David Benavidez. Love to see that fight. And now there's a little more heat behind it, maybe, because Plant could have, uh, you know, maybe Plant got a little bit of free publicity from this whole thing if the fight with Canelo falls through. I'd love to see it. Thing is, bro, that fight should have happened two years ago. That fight should have happened a long time ago. Uh, I just don't see it happening. But I'd love to see it happen. I truly, truly would. That would be a good fight. And the winner of that fight has proven themselves, you know, as a guy that deserves a big payday, a $10 million payday against Canelo. All right, let's give my vocal cords a break and go back to the phones and my brain because I'm reading messages wrong. All right, 847, you're on. What's up? Hey, Mike, how's it going? What's up, man? How you doing? This is Rich. I thought it was you, Rich. It sounded like you. Hey, hey what's going on, brother? Oh, man, Friday. I'd love to have a beer, but I can't. I can't for about a month. Ah. (laughs) I got one ready for you, man. Whatever Ah. you want. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) No, just to, you know, kind of get into this, um, the Plank Canelo uh, deal. Um, Yeah, I I don't go too much on what, you know, a lot of, um, you know, people's sources go, you know, say about, you know, what's causing the collapse of the fight and everything. But um, what I, what I could say is, um, and of course I see a lot of the criticism on uh, Canelo, or like you said, they call him the diva and there's, you know, there's a lot of going on with that. But I'm going to say at the, at the end of the day, you know, just this fight totally does not go through. I mean, that, there might be some hope to try to make it, but it, it looks more like a no, but if it's totally done, it's, I think it's more on plants, you know, um, in my opinion, because, you know, like you said, he's getting his biggest uh, payday out of this $10 million. And if there's a, you know, a few demands on Canelo's side, which from what I'm heard, or just like I said, sources, um, it's not really, to me, like absurd. I think he should, he should um, definitely put the fight. And it, it's not, I know this is more for the undisputed belts, Mike, but right. at the same time, to me, it's more, it, it's more of, you know who's daring to be who's daring to be great in my opinion canelo is already the top pound for pound fighter in the world right now is caleb plant daring to be great is he willing to say you know let's hey let's give this guy you know okay he's got a couple of demands or stipulations let's just let's just give it to him let's make this fight happening i'm getting the biggest payday in the world and i have confidence that i can beat the best fighter in the world pound for pound you know what i mean i do not see this from any of these guys that you know want to fight Canelo or or that have fought Canelo already. They just kind of like getting the biggest paycheck, they're getting the biggest payday that they can. I don't see a lot of confidence in a lot of these guys thinking that you know they can beat Canelo. And that kind of shows I see even past fights when Canelo fought uh Saunders or Callum Smith. Um I see a lot of guys kind of intimidated by Canelo. So I think it's more like who wants to be great? You know, it's it's it, it's fact that he's gonna get his biggest payday, but you know, when's he, maybe he did, I don't know, but when, you know, we'll plan stuff up and say, hey, you know what, let's just, let's just get this done because I know I can beat this guy and plus I'm getting the biggest payday. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just not seeing that. Um, I don't know what you, you know, think about that, but. 
Um, there, there are not many and, Marvin Haglers, and he, actually, there was only one Marvin Hagler. But the, yeah, his attitude, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was just—he was like in the top one tenth of percents of human beings on Earth, in terms of just being such a noble guy who who said what he meant and meant what he said, you know. And Marvin Haglers just don't exist in this era, bro. They're, they're just not there, you know. Um, if Marvin Hagler, if we go back 40 years, was being made this kind of offer to fight Canelo Alvarez, they the fight would be signed, you know, like forget about it. So yeah, it's just want to be great and get $10 million or you want to find a way not to do this. Right. And that's the thing. And like, so we go back to the, to the old days, the old school days, I, you would never hear anything like this. Like, oh, you didn't a $10 million payday. And then it's like, Turned down, you know, over some, you know, oh, it was demand or we didn't like that. So, you know, we, we didn't take the fight. Um, fighters that, you know, are like the face of boxing or A side fighters, this has kind of been going on for some time, not just now, but even back in the day. Um, Sugar Ray Leonard even had some like, you know, demands, you know, in his time too. But um, either way, super fights, they, they were made, Eugene. They were, they were, they were completed. They were signed, sealed, and delivered. You know what I mean? So, uh, the fact that we're hearing this is kind of, like, kind of crazy. But, um, if, if the alternative, and let's go back, if the alternative is Dimitri Bevel for Canelo or even a third fight with Triple G, in my opinion, those fights are far better than Caleb Plant anyway, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Dimitri Bevel presents a different challenge and a better challenge. Um, like I said, it's not to, uh, this other than Caleb Plant, I think he's a good fighter, but I still see Dimitri Bob as a better fighter than him. And Triple G would still, even people want to call him, some people even say he's washed up. Even though almost 40-year-old Triple G would still do far better um, in the fight with Canola than Caleb Plant, in my opinion, too, as well. You know, so um, it's funny that I know, like, Triple G is, you know, kind of seen his best best days and it's slowing down but at the same time it's like you know when you once you lost to Canelo the second time even though it was a close competitive fight it could have gone either way too you know right away they just start calling the guy washed up right away once he loses you know I think he's first he was great and you know he, you know he beat Canelo and he's the man he's the better of the two fighters and then they fought a rematch I think a, a year later, right? Like a rematch a year later, and he loses a close competitive fight, and now he's washed up. So I, I totally disagree with that. I, um, I still think those two fights would be good for Canelo. And, um, you know, I would give Canelo more props if they were to do a Dimitri Bebo fight. To do it at 175, I think he should get like major credit if he actually went through with that uh, fight and then kept it at light, the, the light heavyweight limit of 175. I mean that would be that would be good on his part. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think those fights are a lot better. Um, the the plan, I think he's totally missing this one. I think he should take the deal. <laughs> um, but either way, and also too, I just want to point out, like going back to because we're going back to I believe 2013 um, when Canelo fought Floyd. You know who was the A side then? Floyd, right? Mm -hmm. Who was the beast Canelo, right? And at that time, that was Canelo's biggest payday. He accepted the demands of Mayweather, making him drop down to 152. And the, they were fighting for the 154 junior middleweight belt. So there was 
there was no complaints or no fights being turned down or, you know, being rejected because Cano, oh, I don't want to accept that demand. He understood it at the time, right? Like, hey, this is my big opportunity. I have confidence to, to be Floyd, and he did. He took the deal. You, you see what I'm saying? So that's, to me, the little the difference in Canelo, you know, daring to be great, well, and I just don't see it from these guys. I do yeah. have to add to that. Um, Canelo offered okay. to go to 152. So he made the offer kind of like okay. Bevel right now saying, I'd go down to 168. You know what I'm saying? So, um, gotcha, gotcha. so, but Floyd could have said, nah, we'll do it at 54. But he, he just said, okay, he called his bluff. Either way, Canelo did make yeah. uh, concessions, huge concessions in that fight. And he wasn't ready for it, but it did wonders for him, not just in terms of what he learned in the ring, oh, but he learned a lot more outside the ring for that fight. And ultimately that torch yeah. has been passed and he's the, he's the new Floyd and Floyd was the new Oscar and Oscar was the new sugar Ray Leonard and on and on and on it goes. Right. Yeah. But dude, I got, right, I got exactly. a bunch of calls. I got to, I got to jump on to some more calls, but um, do you want to get one more word in before I let you go? You know, I do real quick. Yeah. I, I want to, I just want to get your quick opinion. You can just give me a quick opinion. And uh, this is kind of like, it is a little off topic from the, from the uh, plant and, and Canelo's um, you know, deal. But I just, because I know you're, I believe you're one of the electors for the Hall of Fame. Is that correct? Or you're yeah. one of the, I'm sorry, the voters? Yeah. The, who, who, in your opinion, I mean, you give me a, a few names, you think belongs in the Hall of Fame that's been on ballot, but has not been inducted as of yet, in your opinion? <sighs> there's a bunch. For, for me, like off the top of my head, dude, there, there's literally probably four dozen or so yeah. that are on the ballot. So, like, to, to pick one off of that would be hard right now. Um, I still have my ballot from last year, too. Uh, and, and I could. Maybe that'd be, like, a video we could do where I break that out and we look over them. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think that would be, that'd be something. That'd I was just going to say, I, I voted uh, for Miguel Cotto and James Tony last year. Um, and I don't think they I got it. Good picks. Yeah. I thought well, they know, both deserved you, it. You know. Yeah, and I want your your opinion on the James Tony because there's a lot of people that are saying shouldn't have got in because of the whole steroid thing or you know that he you know tested positive for you know performance enhancing drugs. Yes. Um. So that's like another thing we could also like you know talk about some other time. You know, cause I, I um a lot of people were kind of like not voting for him for those type of reasons or say that he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame for those type of which reasons. which is fair. But if we're gonna go that way, we got to be consistent. And then where do we draw the line? Because there's guys in the Hall of Fame that beat women. There's guys in the Hall of Fame that did jail time. You know what I'm saying? So where do we draw the line? Murder somebody. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> I, he literally, literally fucking killed people. So, so where do you draw the line? And for yeah. me, yeah. I... Yeah. Carlos Monson, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> James Tony. yeah, he used performance-enhancing drugs. He, he did cheat. And it was more than once, uh, you know. But if you just look at him as a boxer dude was bad. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was the man. So it, to me, he's hall of fame oh, no, worthy. He's, he's uh, but he's first, he's first ballot for me. So yeah. He's first time ballot. So anyway, first man, yeah, I gotta get to these other calls so, and there's a bunch of comments I gotta get to All as right, well. Man. All right, Rich. Oh, you do it, man. Do your thing, Mike. All right, bro. Nice talking to you. Okay, man.
All right. First of all, th there's a couple of trolls in the chat right here. So one guy, I, I mean, I, I had to block him and I know he was an alt account. He's probably uh, Jason or one of those kind of guys. But um, he was saying, um, I, I'm a PBC hater and uh, I'm being racist. Okay. Number one, Caleb Plant and Canelo Alvarez is a fight between two Caucasian guys. Okay. So how am I being racist? And it has, it, it has nothing to do with race. Some of you are obsessed, dude. This guy's name, by the way, his handle was like something Darius the PBC man or something. So yeah, I don't think his real name's Darius. I think we know that. It's an alt account. But guys, it's a fight between two white dudes. One is Hispanic heritage, but he's clearly Caucasian. It's two white guys. One's from Mexico, one's from America. Race is not a factor. Stop interjecting that shit into everything. God, some of you guys are just obsessed. Speaking of which, I have to read this comment from Stephen Taberes because I think you're a fucking whack job. He says, the real problem is that the narrative that Canelo is the example of American exceptionalism and should be kissed up to and exalted despite his manipulative white man's ways. What the fuck are you talking about? I literally, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking. You're a fucking lunatic, dude. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to block you yet because I want to see how you respond to that. You probably don't like that I called Canelo white. That's probably really going to piss you off. <clears throat> anyway, he is white and Mexican. He's both. Guess what? Mexican is in a race. There are black Mexicans. I've met them. They're a mestizo, native, indigenous, white, a mixture of. There are, there are people from Mexico that are 100% German and got red hair, dude. True. Anyway. Let's go back to the phones. On that note, yay, race. Yay, everyone's favorite topic. Let's jump to the, We got a UK caller here. Um, 777, you're on the show. What's up, man? How you doing, uh, Mike? It's uh, Nige from Nottingham in the UK. Nige, what's going on, brother? I'm all good, man. I'm just uh, listening to all the uh, race baiting and all that. Fucking yeah, good times. Man, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, man. Seriously, that's... Good old social media, man. It's just taking uh, yeah. anyone's ability for critical thinking. It really fucking has, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the anyway, main thing I wanted to, a few points I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's one point I wanted to raise that uh, when Jack Alter rang in on Monday and said that uh, Ryota Morata, he felt, he, he said that he's not very good. And I just wanted to just point out you're talking about the 2012 gold medalist and a silver medalist at the World Championships at you know, 2011. So, He's very, you know I mean, he's very good. He's, he's, he's a good fighter, he's, yeah. He's I think Jack's going to want to walk that one back. Yes, definitely, man. Yeah, it's like, um, because I've been watching a few videos of other boxing chats and things like that, and a lot of people need to do a lot of goddamn research before they go on these things. Not, because it seems to be a thing where they still think that um, the center of boxing is America. And I'm not saying it's not, but boxing has been is more global than it's ever been before. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and people willfully choose to ignore that, which is quite annoying, basically. But I guess it is what it is, you know? Some people, you know, you can you can tell them how to turn lead into gold and they're like, mm, nah, I'm good. Give me some more lead or some shit like that. I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> But um, the main thing I want to talk about is uh, with regards to the whole um, Canelo and Caleb uh, uh, debacle. And, and I had my doubts with regards to this fight being made 
regardless how much money was on the table and being passed to our tailor's plant. You know, career high because you know you're gonna have to fight. You know, it just it just I just don't understand how PBC could drop the ball on this one with Fox watching as well. You know, so it's just I I like to think that the fight is still going to be made, but. I don't know. I really, really don't know. And I think um, that date, if they don't find a suitable appointment, they're just going to not fight on that date and just move on to something else. I really do. That's, that's what I think. Nige, you bring up a great point. Sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to make sure we hit on this. You said with Fox watching. You cut me off, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, God. I, uh, yeah. I'm a racist. <laughs> I cut people off. That's what I do. Yeah, I'm racist Ooh, against people from the UK. Yeah. Um, but, but seriously, Fox is watching because that deal is going to be up soon. So if you're yeah. PBC, you're wanting to move heaven and earth to get a fight like this done. Canelo, you could get him you know, interested if he, if he has a very uh, financially successful uh, endeavor with you. And then Fox might be like, okay, maybe we'll reconsider this and re-up on the deal and everything else, seeing what you were able to get done with Canelo. And he's not even one of your guys. So that's a really good point, yeah. Edge. Really good point. Yeah, and and I think is it's like um, P. I mean, it's like um, I remember PBC in its first inception when the first you know no pay per view three fights on TV like the good old days, and everyone was like, yeah, that's awesome. And and um, the thing is with PBC, I think they're a little bit detrimental to US boxing, and I'll explain why. Okay, I'm not saying that PBC don't put on good shows; they have. I've really enjoyed them. I mean, first thing fight that comes to mind is the uh, Errol Spence Sean Porter. That was, I mean, that's an excellent fight. Really, really was, yeah. you know. And yeah, the um, Jared Swift heard against uh, J Rock. Excellent fight. But the whole, we're keeping it in house. We're not going to play with any, anyone else. And you have, seem to have good fighters just sat on the shelf. It's like, well, when am I going to get my next fight? You know what I mean? It's just like, just wasting away. And I'm like, if it, I mean, because, I just to me like they don't seem to develop the talent properly that they have. Do you know what I mean? It's like on top rank, it's it is like you think or swim. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. BBC, yeah. Do you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to be fair, to be fair, Nige, I mean, and, and I, I just want to make this distinction: all promoters pull this in-house bullshit. All oh, promoters yeah, yeah, are full I'm, of shit yeah. and they're hypocrites, yeah. but. There yeah, does yeah. seem to be an undeniable pattern at PBC yeah. that goes back years before yeah. PBC was even PBC because you got to remember, Heyman's been yeah. involved in the business for a long time and they were back yeah. at HBO yeah, before. Yeah. So when, yeah, and, uh, when you bring this up, though, you, you get people in the yeah. chat calling you names. It's just, it is what it is. It is, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, you've articulated it a lot better than I did with regards to like other promoters. That, it, to, and to be fair, an objective, which is a fucking like out of date context, yeah. on, you know, on with boxing in the other But anyway, I, I just feel that, I just feel that like um, the whole freezing out of Terence Crawford, I know people who can beat like flogging a dead horse. That's like, what the hell, man? It's like you have a stable of. Well, you, you pretty much own the welterweight division, and it's now just null and void in my eyes. You know what I mean? It's just like any kind of buzz, anything, all those good fights that could have been made or haven't, and all these paydays that these fighters could have earned, 
they can't now because they've been, like, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. And, it's just and, quite and yeah. when the consensus is that Terrence Crawford is the best fighter in the welterweight division, not the most proven, doesn't have the best resume, that's Errol Spence, but the the mm. pound for pound better fighter when every publication, not just Ring Magazine, but ESPN, Transitional, Ratings Board, all these guys mm. have Crawford rated higher and you have a stable of guys, wouldn't you want to try to get that, an L on that guy? Like put some of your guys against him and wear him down mm. a little bit with some of your guys, then put Spence in there with them. All right. I don't know, man. I, I would just want to prove everybody wrong. You know, I'd want to show, no, our guy, Errol Spence is the better fighter, you know, make that fight. Yeah. 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 And I'll go on record now. Should they ever cross, but they probably won't. Okay. Crawford, Crawford stops uh, Errol late or go, or go to distance because there's Agreed. more, the Crawford, uh, Terrence has, has more tools in the shed than, uh, Errol Spence. Crawford's so, a bad boy. For me. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah, he really, really is. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to raise, you know, raise that point. And I just wish that people were more open because it's like, every, I mean, a rising tide raises all ships. You know what I mean? Yes. And Lord knows in the sport of boxing with the pandemic and everything and everyone coming out and everyone's trying to get your money, you want to get, you know, the bugs back quick as, you know what I mean, quick as possible. Really, yeah. So, you know, that's why, you know, it's not ego in a way. And just good business. I mean, how the fuck is uh, Charlo not facing Andre? You know what I mean? I how long is I mean, what, what kind of shit is that? That needs to happen. Eddie Hearn tried to make it, Crazy. for the record. I've said this yeah. a million times, but yeah. Eddie Hearn offered, Char- I want to say $8 million or something like that, and Charlo's people turned it down. So there is a track record there. It doesn't. It's not solely a problem that exists with PBC, but there's a track record no, there. True. It's undeniable. Yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. And can I just ask, what do you think is keeping people, uh, keeping the fight so loyal to PBC? Because there's something else going on, I think. Well, there's something that we're not privy to, I feel. I could do a two hour long video on that. But I think some of the responses you've seen in the chat are indicative of of what it is. Um, Unfortunately, for some people, it becomes a tribal thing. And it's more about uh, always defending. Like in this case, I mean, there are people defending PBC and it really has nothing to do with Caleb Plant, you know, in this Plant Canelo mm. situation has to do with protecting Heyman and PBC, the sanctity of PBC. And I'm just like, man, it's, it's so strange that there are fans out there that are more concerned about mm. what a promoter is doing than what a fighter is doing. But look, man. Exactly. Yeah. It's a boxing's a microcosm of society, right? I mean, we could we could say the, the exact same thing we're saying right now. We could say about the presidential election or over there, your guys' elections, yeah. um, you know, everything that you guys have uh, had over there in recent years, uh, with the you know, leaving the UK or I'm sorry, leaving the um the UK the leaving EU. Yeah. the EU. There it is. Yeah, I cannot think today. Yep. <laughs> but um you, you know, people get split among tribal lines, and that's just where they stay. And uh I think social media has made it worse, man. And that's just where it comes down it to it. Yeah. 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 It's like um, it affords the cowards the anonymity to say whatever the fuck they want man, without impunity because some people just need yes. to 
just need a slap. They really, really goddamn do. No, no, no logical conversation with them. Just a punch in the fucking mouth. Yes, sir. And the the part the part that bothers me because I understand that these crazy people are always going to be out there, but there are some boxing yeah. platforms, some media outlets, some promoters that feed into these people and and give them yeah. a platform, even indirectly pay yeah. them. I've seen this and mm. give them a voice. And there are certain fighters that go on these YouTube channels and stuff. You, you guys could do the math here that promote this hatred and this anger and all this kind of divisive <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at, we'll leave it right there. Nige. We'll leave it right there, brother. Cause I got other calls, man. But um, yeah, well, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Right. Thank you anyway, man. Always a pleasure, man. So you take care. All right. Have a good night. Okay. Um, I got a bunch of stuff on the chat to catch up on real quick. We've got uh, Aaron is watching from Australia. It is 8 a.m. Saturday morning. So he he's talking to us from the future right now, Aaron. You know, that's, this was so cool. We just had a call from the UK. You know, Nige calling from the UK. Aaron on the chat from Australia. We have people from all over the world, all walks of life. Uh, listening to me rant about this shit. It's, it's so cool. I'm so blessed and fortunate to be able to do what I do and for, that people actually care and want to join in with me and rant on this stuff. Um, one thing that I haven't done in a while is just thank you guys. So I, I just want to real quick, just show gratitude and just say thank you because without you guys, I wouldn't have this channel. I wouldn't have uh, my job at ring. Uh, you guys who subscribe, who read, uh, my stuff, who, who who listen to my pod, who watch my videos, just thank you so much, man. Uh, I really, I really am grateful. I truly am grateful. So thank you and good morning, Aaron, over in uh, Queensland. All right, I think we had a couple super chats. Let's see. Uh, yes, man, we got a lot of people on the chat. This is awesome. Are you guys clicking the thumbs up? I know a few of you haters click the thumbs down, but go ahead and click that thumbs up if you're on. Don't forget to do that. All right, Brad DW54 with the super chat. Thank you so much, Brad. He says, I just heard a rumor that Lomachenko and Richard Comey has a done deal for December 11th. I've heard that too. I haven't seen any official posts, but I've heard that is a done deal. Um, if that's the case, that's kind of a downgrade. But considering that Lomachenko just fought, and that's no diss to Comey, it's just that um, he just fought Nakatani. So to go to Komei, I don't know, maybe it's a lateral move. But um, if that's the case, the only, I guess, bright silver lining there, because I know a lot of people are going to bash that matchup, is that um, I still think Komei is a top 10 lightweight, a good fighter, and that Loma just fought. So if he gets in the ring again by the end of the year, that's back on ESPN, ESPN Plus, that's a positive. And I do think it's an interesting matchup because Komei is a good fighter. You can't crack. Steve in the UK says that would be xenophobia. He's talking about when I said I'm racist against UK people. I was joking. Okay, don't take that. But Steve, I was joking when I said that, not only in that statement, you know, but the fact that there are people out there who say stupid shit like that, like, oh, you're just racist against women. You're racist against chipmunks. You're racist against the color green. You see that shit on Twitter and social media. I was just making fun of those people. Carlos, Carlos Cabrera on the Super Chat. Thank you, Carlos. They, they ain't heard from you in a while, man. Good to hear from you. He says, fuck the haters. I'd rather see Bevo Canelo, by the way. I agree with you. 
Uh, a win there commands more respect than a win against Plant, even if Bebo has been lackluster lately. I completely agree. Now, to the casuals, they're going to hear the word undisputed, and they're going to think, oh, man, this is undisputed. So uh, this is a big, big fight between Canelo and Plant. And I, I do think the promotion prefers that because they can market that to casuals more. But to diehard boxing fans and people that understand the business, obviously beating Dimitri Bevel right now is a much bigger accomplishment than beating Caleb Plant. And that's no diss to Plant. It really isn't. It's just Bevel is a more proven guy. Um, Adam P in the chat says, Colme is better than Nakatani. Okay, you know what? You know what, dude? You're probably right. You're probably right. Even though, I mean, styles make fights. And I know Nakatani had a good fight uh, with, with Lopez, went to distance. Colme got blasted out. But Styles do make fights, and I think Kome is a damn good fighter. And the thing I love about Kome is that he fights anybody. He really will fight anybody. We need more Richard Comeys in boxing. Aaron on the chat says, Caleb's wife is hot. Yes, she is. She is a very, very good-looking woman. <clears throat> very good-looking woman. And I see uh, Coster in the chat is joking. I know he's just joking. He says, Mike doesn't like Caleb race mixing. His wife is a mix, uh, mixed ancestry. Ha, joke's on you, Stephen UK. I was only joking. I know, brother, I know. That's the thing, man. People take a lot of this stuff way too seriously. Gilbert says, Michael Montero, the last name sounds Spanish. Are you a white Mexican like Canelo? No, I am... Um, I am. I do have Spanish blood on my father's side. That's where the name comes from. But I guess the the family came from Italy, but they had roots in Spain. So I have Italian ancestry and I have Spanish ancestry on my father's side. By the way, Italian's Latin, just like Spanish is. Okay. Um, so so Italians are part of the Latin heritage. They're not Hispanic. Hispanic comes specifically from Spain. But Italians, um, who else am I forgetting? Portuguese are, are from the Latin heritage. So I'm Latin on my father's side. And on my mother's side, I'm Eastern European. My mother is Eastern European. So I'm a Latin Eastern European mutt, if you will. I know walking down the street, a lot of people would just say, hey, you're a white guy. You'll never hear me refer to myself that way. And it's not because I have anything against that. I just, I have a culture and a heritage that my, my family has. And um, I just, I think it's stupid that we call each other colors. It's kind of dumb. What does any of that mean? I think it's really kind of stupid. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Steve in the UK says Latin Slavic. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm Latin Slavic. Absolutely. Now see, those are ethnic groups. That's what I consider myself. That you'll never hear me refer to myself as a skin tone. I think it's really stupid. Um, but, and, you know, if I stand next to Canelo, I, I, I'm a lot darker than him. Uh, John says, we are all mutts. Yes. Thank you. Jesus Christ. So, so I'm Latin and Slavic. My wife is three quarters Chinese and one quarter Vietnamese. So when we start having kids, I, don't, I can't even do the math right now what they're, what they're going to be, but they're going to be uh, what a quarter, they're actually going to be more Chinese than anything, right? Because my wife is three quarters Chinese. So they will be three eighths Chinese, I think something like that. And then, uh, about a quarter Latin, a quarter Slavic, and I think one eighth Vietnamese. So they are going to be complete mutts. And, um, 
we're, with all the, the race cards and all that shit, we're just going to put other. I mean, you know, honestly, I guess technically they'd be Eurasian because that's that's a thing, right? They'd be Eurasian, which is a mixture of Asian and European. So that's cool. We could we could go with that or other. I don't give a fuck what their school teachers tell them. All right. Back to the phones. Back to the phones before I lose my voice. All right. Six, seven, eight. You're on the chat. What's up? Hey, Michael. Hey. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so happy I got you. Um, uh, I was a quick story. I had like a bad week three weeks ago, and you know your your program really you know put a smile on my face, and you know I really felt good watching your program. Yeah. So uh, let's get get into it. Um, so I have two points, but um, one of let me talk about lesser point first. What's going on with um, Demetrius Android? Um, I, I think he has more of a promotional problem than an inside the ring problem. His fans think he's the best. Yes, let, let's give them that. But the thing is that no one wants to fight him. Canelo embarrassed him in public. Glovkin seems like he has nothing to do with him. Charlo, that doesn't have the one at 160, doesn't have a, that much of a good resume. Don't even want to fight him. And uh, interview with Canelo on Dazon, he said he would be interested in a Charlo fight. In a Charlo fight. So no one, no one wants to fight um, Android. I don't know what's going on with him. I think that he should take an approach that would suggested what Bluffkin was doing a couple years ago. Just fighting. He should be having like three fights a year, yes. stuff like that, and getting his name out there. Do less talking and do that, and people might want to fight you. What do you think about that? I completely agree with you, and it's something I've been saying about Andre for a while. Um, I compare Andre's situation right now to Golovkin's situation in the early 2010s. And what Golovkin ultimately did is he left Germany came to the United States, got with a whole new team, promoter, trainer, management, and started fighting three, four times a year. And there were times where he was barely making enough money to cover costs for his team. He basically walked away with just a few thousand dollars for a few of those fights. A lot of people don't know that. And this is while he had a world title, mind you. So he did that to build up a brand. And Tom Loeffler, Abel Sanchez did an amazing job with HBO's help building up this, this big brand that became Gennady Golovkin. If I were Demetrius Andrade, that's what I would do right now. But Demetrius Andrade wants seven-figure paydays. He won't take a $300,000 payday. So he'll fight once a year, maybe twice, for a couple million dollars. Instead of fighting four or five times a year, three, $400,000 for each making the same amount of money that's on him. I think Eddie Hearn has tried. He made a career high payday offer to Jamal Charlo that was rejected. You know, he's made other offers that were rejected. So it's not, it's not uh, Eddie Hearn's fault. I think a lot of this falls on Demetrius Andre. I really do. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that's point. I, I, I think, Anything need to work on something and like soon, very soon, he's gonna get out of his prime. So, he needs to do something. Um, 
You, you kind of got muffled there on the phone. There, okay, you kind of got yeah. muffled. You hearing me now? Yes, yes. Yes, sorry about that. Yes, so my next major point is a fight that a lot of people, a fight that people are kind of skimming over, and it's a fight about with um, um, the guy at 175. I forgot his name. The next champion. Um, Better be, also better be even Canelo because Canelo seems to be really interested in that fight. He mentioned it to Eddie Earn and Eddie Earn is trying to push him away from it. Like, we got Bivol over here. Why you want to fight, you know, uh, better be? And a lot of people are pushing over that fight saying that, you know, um, better be, he's there to be hit. He's a journeyman. He's, he's tailor made for Canelo. I'm not saying he will be Canelo, but here's my point with him. I think that Better Believe is not just tailor-made for Canelo. He's tailor-made for anyone. I can go in the ring and hit Better Believe. The thing is that it's the style of Better Believe. He's confident in his power. I think he knows that he's a monster. Mm -hmm. And when he's in the ring, his fighting style invites you to hit him. And him inviting you to hit him, he gets his leverage from there to counter you, to fight you, and to make a fight out of it. I've seen him fight Vlasdik, a very skilled. I wouldn't say Vlasdik is a, is a slick fighter, but he's quite an accomplished fighter. He's really yeah. good. And Better B was there, so standing there with him, let better let Vlasdik box box around him and better be got the better of him. He took his time and break him down. Now, this is my idea about the Ca the Canelo better be fight. Canelo can win. Canelo has a counter and better be for the entire fight. But let me tell you something, Michael. If better be does not respect Canelo's power, Canelo is in for a short night or a very long, long night of turmoil. That's what I think, and that's to wrap up my point. I'll have a fine listen of what you have to say. I know that there are a lot of people online. All right. All right. Good call, brother. Thank you for calling in, man. And by the way, I agree. I, I actually, I would favor Canelo to beat Baturbiev. Stylistically, the caller was right. Baturbiev's style is kind of like a bulldozer, right? He comes forward. You can't hit him. Vostick hit him a bunch. It's being able to hit a guy like that and keep him off of you. Being able to hit him and turn him. He's so strong. Baturbiev may be the strongest fighter in boxing. Just naturally strong, dude. Pound for pound. Uh, I know, guy, obviously, like standing next to Anthony Joshua, you know, Anthony Joshua's stronger. But in a pound for pound sense, he might be just the most naturally strong fighter in boxing right now. Um, the thing with Canelo, though, Canelo isn't going to punch up top necessarily. Canelo is going to get underneath Viterbiev and reach around. He's going to throw looping punches up top, and he's going to go down to the body. He'll hit uh, the sides. He'll get Viterbiev to widen his guard, and then he'll go up the middle. Viterbiev narrows his guard. He'll go back to the side, right? I just think Canelo is much, much faster more athletic in terms of his movement. And I would actually favor Canelo to beat Baturbiev, man. Um, in the chat, Coster says, speaking of hot wives, no offense, Mike. <laughs> hey, I don't take offense to that. that. That's a fucking compliment, brother. 
when uh if me and tiff are at a bar or a club or something and i see a dude you know look at her ass i just kind of smile and go yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's a compliment i don't, I don't get offended by that shit at all feeling dangerous says john beck wants boo-boo yes he does hey boo-boo you want to fight john beck will do it there you go there you go he's more than willing to do it all right, let me check the chat real quick. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Did I miss another super chat? Hey, you guys, the Friday shows, man, you guys are ready for the weekend. Let me jump to, uh, I know I saw one. Oh, check hooks on. Check hook with the super chat. Thank you so much, check hook. He says, hope all is good. It is indeed, brother. Hope all is good with you. All right, let's get back to the phones. All right, 513, you're on. What's up? Hey, Mike. Uh, I, there's a couple things. I'm going to try and be quick for you because I know you got a lot of people on the line. But uh, the first thing is all of uh, all of the potential opponents for Canelo, it just feels like nobody is doing anything to make their name bigger. Because, like, honestly, you look at, you know, B-Ball, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's a little bit more accomplished. He's done a little bit more. That's really just amongst those diehard fans. Like he's not—he hasn't done anything, especially recently, to get us buzzing about him. Like you know, there's some fights out there that are just kind of clear as day to make. Like one of which is I think is Paterbia versus Joe Smith Jr. Yeah. Eventually, you know, Canelo moves up and fights the winner of that fight. That would get us diehard fans more buzzing about that fight because that fight's going to be violent. It's going to be exciting. They're both going to go at each other the entire time, and it, nobody's doing that, you know, you know, Charlo and Boo Boo, they're not fighting each other. Everyone's just sitting around waiting to get tapped by Canelo as he just kind of goes around and cleans out 160, 168, 175. It, it needs to stop. Um, I'll let you give your thoughts and I'll go on to my uh, second point. <laughs> I completely agree with you. And that's the era that we live in. And I do think it's more prevalent among American fighters then if you look at some of the biggest fights that have been made in the last five or so years, generally speaking, at least one of the fighters, one of the combatants was from uh, Eastern Europe, Latin America, um, the UK, um, Asia, you know what I'm saying? Dif different parts of the world. Uh, a lot of American fighters, man, they, they all want to be Floyd, but they forget that Floyd worked his ass off before he was, Money May, he was pretty boy. He earned that status. You know what I'm saying? By getting in there and fighting tough dudes. If you look at 130, 135, he has a good resume there. So um I, I just these guys want it, they they want to sit around, protect their O, and have that cash out. You know what I mean? It sucks. I mean, you know, if it continues, there'll be nobody to cash out against. Um, you yeah. know, I, I remember back when uh, the Floyd was fighting Pacquiao. This was way before I was a diehard fight fan. I remember, like, the country kind of stopped for that fight. It wasn't the Super Bowl, but it was pretty close. Like, yeah. There was yeah. nothing going on. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I was working at a retail store back then. There wasn't any customers in when the undercard started. Hmm. We, we, I mean, the, 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 that that was so big, and those fighters did so much to build up that moment. Yeah, it didn't. I know it didn't deliver, but it, it you know, 
it, 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 it just built it, it, it. Those fighters, they earned that. Yeah. They most definitely earned that. Uh, my second point is with Canel, with Caleb Plant, or I don't know who walked away. I'm not 100 percent sure. It sounds like Canelo did, but I cannot wrap my mind around this, particularly with Caleb Plant, that he wouldn't just demand that Al Heyman make a deal. I want to know what these contracts look like for these PBC fighters because they must be ironclad. That Caleb Plant, who was, seemed like he was in on this the whole way through, is going to walk away from 10 times his biggest payday ever to not fight Canelo Alvarez. I, I want to know, is, is it his decision or is it Fox? Is it Heyman? Who, who's, who's making this call here? Because honestly, I don't understand why Al Heyman wouldn't want to just, okay, Caleb, go over there and lose to Canelo. He makes his cut on the, every one of Caleb's fights. Uh, he's going to make a huge chunk of change, and he has no risk. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. There must be something in either the contract with Fox and the PDC or the PDC with Caleb. I, I, I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts. I'll hop off the phone. I, I got a little, you got me a little fired up. Today, <laughs> All, right, <but. laughs> All right, man. Hey, nothing wrong with being fired up, brother. Have a good one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I remember a few years back, I think it was Thomas Hauser did a piece. <sighs> Don't quote me, but I think it was Thomas Hauser where he had a little bit of inside scoop and shed a little bit of light on how the PBC contracts work and how they're structured a little differently. And basically when you sign a deal over there, um, you're not the one that has the say. You're kind of going along with their business motto, their business plan, you are financially taken care of. You are not going to be put in a situation where uh, if they like you and you're one of their guys, well, you're not going to be rushed into anything. You're not going to be used and abused. Um, it, they're going to build things slowly, very, very low risk with the highest possible reward. There are even times where you will be paid to sit on the shelf. And I'm not saying none of these things happen with other promotions, but um, you saw what Tiafima Lopez did with top rank earlier this year, right? And you see that sort of thing with other fighters um, in other promotional platforms. You never have seen that once over on PBC. So think about that. Also think about how many big unification fights you get, how many... Um, just fights where it's rare, but where you do see people working across the aisle and who's involved in those fights, who has the say in make in those fights being made versus, you know, again, you just look at PBC. I'm not dissing them. Okay. I'm just telling the truth because they've put together some fantastic fights. I like the Charlo Castaño fight a lot. That was a complete undisputed fight, but it was in house. It was easy for them to make. And they've pretty much owned 154 for years. And it took them till very, very recently to unify the whole thing. Top rank has unified 140 twice in the last few years. You know, think about that. Um, so, so there's a track record, just saying. In this particular situation, Caleb Plant doesn't have much say. He either wants to fight or he doesn't, and he lets top or not top break. He lets uh, PBC handle the rest. And if that's what you want as a fighter, cool, right? If that's what, but at this point, dude, 
you got an opportunity to make $10 million. I'd be, I know I would be on the phone telling Uncle Al, dude, do whatever you got to do. Cut it to $6 million. Whatever you got to do, I want that payday. I want this fight. This is huge. This is for my legacy. This is for my kids to be financially secure. Guys, all of us at times in our life have been in a situation where we're finally getting an opportunity. Maybe it's in school. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's uh, whatever artistic endeavor you, you take up. And you work so hard. You work so hard. You're, you're plugging away. You're basically working for free, right? You're working for peanuts. And then finally you get an opportunity that is above your pay grade, right? Has Think about when you've had opportunities like that in your life. Have they ever been easy? Have they ever been convenient? Have they ever been on your schedule? Have they ever been uh, I, you, ethically aligned the way you would want it? The answer to those questions is probably no, correct? You had to make concessions, but you did because you saw the opportunity. When the CEO of the company you work for speaks, everything's convenient for him. You know why? He's the fucking CEO. He ain't staying at some roach motel, right? He's, he's being flown into town on a private jet. He's staying at the finest hotel, drinking champagne, eating caviar, all that good shit. And then he ain't sitting through the whole uh, meeting, uh, uh, you know, at your job or whatever. He's walking over when it's his time to talk and then boom, he's out, right? He's drinking his sparkling water behind the podium, says his five minutes and he's out because he's the motherfucking CEO. Now, if you get a chance to speak at that board meeting, Mr. Lowly, you know, bottom of the barrel guy, you ain't getting put up in a hotel. You're not getting flown there in a private jet. You know, you're going to have to sit and wait for all the important people to talk before you get your turn, right? It's not going to be convenient. You're going to have to jump through some hoops and make some compromises. But when you see the opportunity that could maybe change your career, maybe change your life, you jump at the opportunity. That's where Caleb Plant is right now. I would be moving heaven and earth to get this fight made, especially if there, there were $10 million involved. And I would tell Uncle Al, I ain't going to get hurt. I ain't going to pull out. You got my fucking word. I don't care if I get the flu the week of the fight. I don't care if I twist my ankle or pinch my shoulder, whatever. I'm going to go through with the fight, dude. I just want that 10 mil. I want my kids to eat for the rest of their lives and not have to have to ever worry about nothing, right? You can make it happen. It ain't happening. All right. Couple more phone calls, guys. Then we're going to wrap this up. Three one two. What's up? You're on the show. Fight doctors in the house on Rick James status as always. Fight doctor. What's up, man? So, I'm I'm I am in awe at all of the mental gymnastics being performed, like to make all of this reasonable and logical. When in my mind. Listen, Floyd Mayweather used to get a lot of flack for making unreasonable demands or demands that people deemed were unreasonable. And he was called a, a diva for having done as such. Sometimes that criticism was um, warranted. Sometimes it wasn't. But he received flack for being a diva. Now, fast forward to 2021, and in you know the modern era, 
you are rewarded for being a diva because that's essentially what's happening here. Canelo Alvarez is being rewarded for making diva demands. Now, let's just look at this logically, right? You are being offered $40 million. Listen, if, we, if, if the rumors that the second information that we received is true, you are being offered $40 million plus an upside of pay-per-view. So you could make 50, 55 million potentially. Who knows? Sky's the limit. But certainly more than what you're getting from the application people, right? And you want for the broadcaster to assume 100% of the risk. You are demanding that in the event Caleb Plant pulls out for whatever reason, listen, Caleb Plant could come down with COVID-19. At that point, it's out of his hands. There's nothing he could do. He could be physically, spiritually, and mentally willing to, to, to go ahead with the fight. But guess what? The Athletic Commission is not going to sanction the contest. So they're going to ask the fight, period. End up. Nothing Caleb Plant can do about that. But Canelo Alvarez, he wants $40 million if lightning should strike Caleb Plant. That's what he's asking for. If lightning strikes Caleb Plant, I will, if lightning strikes Caleb Plant a week before the fight, you, Mr. Fox, CBS, I want you to pay me $40 million. Now, if this were Floyd Mayweather in the same situation, in the same scenario, making the same demand, the internet would be ablaze with criticism, uh, with everyone calling him a duck, everyone calling him a diva, and such. And rightfully so. Uh, I'm in awe. I'm in shock and awe, right? At like how everyone isn't calling this for what it is. The mental gymnastics is is gold medal worthy. Okay, okay. Okay, let me just let me jump in here real quick. Not you know, sorry to cut you off, but I just want to jump in because I think you make some good points. I think first of all. I've seen a lot of people call him Canelo is a diva. I mean, we all know this. He's pulled diva tactics for years. He's the the top guy in the sport is always going to pull diva tactics. And I'm not defending that. And for the record, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw my tweet earlier this week where I said, I think that the injury clause should be amended. I understand protecting the investment because it's not just Canelo. It's concert promoters from Mexico. It's uh, uh, foreign TV uh, networks. Uh, There's sponsorships, merchandising, there, there's hundreds of millions of dollars possibly of investment uh, internationally being put in. So people want to be protected on that investment. So I get it, but I think they could amend the verbiage to appease the concerns of both sides. So I'm with you on that. I completely agree. All that being said, this is not A side, B side. This isn't like when Floyd fought Miguel Cotto or fought Manny Pacquiao. This is similar to when Floyd fought Robert Guerrero. That's what this is, okay? That So Canelo is going to call the majority of the shots, but I will say this, and you left out this detail, and a lot of people keep leaving this detail out. The biggest demand made in this entire negotiation came from Plant's side when he said, it's got to be PBC promoting it. It's got to be on Fox. I don't even want to hear about Matchroom. I don't want to hear about the zone. That cuts out 50% of the negotiation possibilities right there. So... You can't leave that detail out, brother. You got to include that because that it, it, it's part of the story here, right? 
Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Now, the application, right? The application could pay Canelo Alvarez $40 million, plus an upside of his view, but oops, they are, quote-unquote, not a pay-per-view company. And last I checked, they weren't in the business of paying Canelo Alvarez $40 million. In fact, uh, right before Canelo filed suit, let's, let's not forget that Canelo Alvarez filed suit against Golden Boy and The Zone because they didn't want to pay him his contracted amount of money. Yeah, but what and does that have to do? But, but but what does that have to do with this situation? That that's before what this does situation. Now you're trying to conflate different situations. Now let's stay with this negotiation because yeah. I'm with you. Okay, I think no, we agree no, in principle. What I'm, what, what I'm what what I'm doing here is I'm painting a picture, right? I'm 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 evaluating all the facts, which is which is this: that Alvarez is not making forty million plus on the application. He's not. All right. If he wants to get more than what he's been getting on the application, then he has to come over to the side that makes money, which apparently is TBC, right? Now, look, I have no dog in the fight. I really don't care. I just want to see a good fight. But he would, he would get $40 million for a, a rubber match with Golovkin. He'd get $40 million for that. He'd actually get probably more than that for a rubber match listen, with Golovkin. He just doesn't want to work Alvarez with Triple G. Listen, listen, don't please. I mean, come don't, on, don't man. please me. Look, Do you know the financials of the first two fights? That's it. Listen, I'm not saying I want to see it. I'm telling you it's a bigger with, fight. Sir, the first two fights were not on the zone. Oh, okay. This Look, third fight if would Alvarez be. Could get $40 million, if, if Alvarez could get what he was supposed to get, fighting Caleb Plant for, on the application, Fighting triple, say the triple zone. Dunk. Why? Why won't you he say the zone? I, why do? Why? Why would you say Fox, but you won't say the zone? Why do you call it the application? Okay, the zone. Okay, I, I have because that's what it is. The application. Okay. Well, so is like, ESPN Plus. A There's a Showtime has an app too. Most of the ratings on okay, Showtime well, are on the, the app now too. The zone. Are you happy now? The zone. No, but so, I, I think you're 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 kind of you're you're playing a game here, dog. Listen, I agree in principle with what you're saying. But when you make the demand that it's got to be on our side, you're now you're trying to conflate two different things. The old the reason why we're talking about Fox making a guarantee and PBC making a guarantee is because their side demanded that if we're going to do this fight, it's got to be on our side, our way. So now the onus is on them to make the guarantees. Okay, it's not the other way around. If the, if Canelo said it's got to be on the zone, then we'd be talking about things in, in reverse. But it was Fox, or I'm sorry, PBC, that said it's got to be on Fox. So it's up to them. Well, the reason, and again, well, with the, the reason why and we're, not, we're going in circles a, because with the, the injury clause, with the injury clause, I agree with you that it could be amended, and you could you could change the verbiage there to appease both sides. But you got to have something like that. You brought up COVID. How many fights have been butt fucked because of COVID in the past year? How many millions of dollars did Triller already lose on a Tiafima Lopez George Combosis fight? Okay, so there has to be protections in the contracts. I think it's smart. For listen, and by the I, way, look, hey, listen, by the I way, there's an injury clause on the other side too. To They're just no one's talking about it. Listen, I well, the other side doesn't have a problem with the injury clause. It's the Alvarez, the Diva side, right? And look, I don't, I don't have a problem with Canelo Alvarez hedging his bets and asking for some insurance, right? 
But there's insurance, and then there's unreasonable, illogical, which is what he, which is what I consider. That's fair. That's right, fair. What he's asking for the unreasonable and, and the illogical. That's fair. Right? That doesn't make but, any but sense. That's listen, now, now, listen. As as I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. As far as the application is concerned, if the application were paying him $40 million. But the application, you keep, dude, 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 hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. You keep bringing up the application, the zone. They are not a part of this equation. the application payroll? No. I don't even like half the people who work there. Let me respond. So then what what difference does it make if I call them the zone or the application? Okay, the application. Whatever, dude, whatever. I, I just think it's funny. But. You keep bringing it up. They're right. not a part of this equation because your guy demanded it has exactly. to be on Fox. Do know, why do you and, keep and bringing you them up? They're not, not a part, part of the of equation. What, you, you know, okay, you know what, dude? Like know why, why doesn't ESPN pony up money for this fight? Why doesn't ESPN pay Caleb Plant $12 million? Let's just talk about ESPN. ESPN is as relevant to this discussion as the zone is. They have nothing to do with it. Your guy said it has to be on Fox. It has to be on pay. So now stick with that. Go. The zone ain't a part of this, or the application ain't a part of this. Only Fox, because your guy will not fight anywhere outside of Fox. So let's stick yeah, with that. Now go. Well, now go. He's not my guy. I don't have a. It sure sounds like it because you keep calling the other guy a diva, yeah. which I agree with you. He is a diva, and you keep calling the zone the application. You're all over the place, dude. You well, don't even know what you're is, talking is that about. Not what it is. You're all, is that not what it is? Is the zone not uh-oh. an application? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Sir. Dude, I told you, I told you like but five times. That's fine. Everyone in the chat said I should hang up on you, but I'm not going to keep you on. Listen, fight time. I'm glad you called. I'm actually really glad you called. If you would calm down for a second and just listen, we agree in principle with your basic premise here. The injury clause could be amended. Both sides could be appeased. But you keep bringing up all these other factors that are not relevant to this situation, dude. We already know it's got to be on Fox, right? Before this negotiation even started, they said it's got to be Fox. Okay, cool. So let's not talk about ESPN, BT Sport, DAZN, any of them, because they're irrelevant. We're only talking about Fox All right, now. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. All right. So, well, at the end of the day, right, Alvarez is making a is making a demand, which I think to be unreasonable with this uh pay me all the money regardless of who I fight demand. It's just not reasonable. It's, it's not logical. And who does that? I mean, who does that? And I'm just surprised that more uh, uh, people in the boxing community, the quote-unquote fans, are not pointing out this clear example of the top guy in the sport, at least the top guy below heavyweight, being a diva. Like I said, if this was Floyd Mayweather, look, the internet would be ablaze. Dude. Your show right now would be ablaze. It would be. Right? Talk, you yeah, obviously so don't watch show, my show because I, mean, I've beat the shit out of Canelo on this show. I have beat the living fuck out of Canelo on this show. He is a diva. Kennedy Golovkin's being a fucking diva right now. I, I've, I've been very, very clear on this, but Canelo Alvarez is the premier attraction in the sport right now. Caleb Plant is nobody, no disrespect to him as a fighter and a human being. But in terms of branding, he's not in the top 30 of the top brands in the sport right now. Okay? So, I again, dude, we're going in circles because I keep agreeing with you. Canelo, point. Canelo Alvarez is a diva. Point, check, gotcha. The injury clause needs to at least be amended, the verbiage in it. 
Check. Agree with you. What do you want the injury clause to say? Let's get to that. Let's get to a solution instead of just yelling. What do you want it to say? Well, I mean, go. Look, look, listen, I'm not privy. I'm not privy to all the details. So honestly, oh. I don't know what I wanted to say. Right. But here's there what I, here's we, that, dude, that was the truest thing you've said in the last. How long have you been on? 13 minutes. This call. That was the truest thing you just said. You're not privy to all the information. I'm privy to more information than you are, but I'm not privy to all of it. And there's a lot of it I can't speak about on the record. But you're only hearing about one side of this story. You haven't heard from the other side because there are protectors in the media who don't want to talk about that. Also, there are clauses in this contract about multi-fight deals and things like that, that one side isn't crazy about either, okay? And the other side isn't bending on. So this is more complicated than you're making it out to be. And instead of focusing on the application and all this other stuff and, and what happened before and who sued who, let's deal with what we're dealing with right now. That's, that's all I ask, brother. Sure. Because we agree on 95% of this shit. We do, trust me. Now let me well let, let me ask you this question. Did I hear you say earlier that the fallback plan for Alvarez is to fight Bivol at 168 pounds? No, it's it, it's a possibility to fight Dimitri Bivol, but the weight and all that has not been discussed. But part of me thinks, part of me wonders if that's just a negotiation tactic. They're kind of using him like they use Triple G's name while still negotiating with plant behind the scenes, because I think they want the plant fight. Well, I think the plant fight is the easier fight. I think I the agree with you. fight, if it happens at 175 pounds, is the more difficult fight. Yes. Um, you get more with the plant fight. You certainly get more money with the plant fight, less risk. So, look, in my mind, if, if Team Alvarez kills the uh, plant fight over this what I consider to be silly insurance policy demand, then he will have respectively cut off his face despite, uh, cut off his nose to fight despite his face, right? And if he goes and fight Bivol, that's a difficult fight. Um, hopefully it will be at 175 pounds, but I have my doubts. In my mind, uh, Alvarez is the most protected fighter in all of boxing. And I think this is a clear example of a guy who's been protected uh, trying to maintain the status quo. So I'll leave you with that. Uh, we're going to disagree on that. I, I don't think I could call Canelo Alvarez the most protected fighter in the sport. There are several other fighters that are far more protected. Um, and I also don't agree that if this fight falls apart, you automatically went to saying it's Canelo, his fault for this fight falling apart. I think both sides would be at fault maybe to varying different degrees. But here's the difference, brother. This is what you're not understanding. Canelo don't need plant. He can walk away from this and he has multiple fight options. He'll get his 25 mil fighting whoever. He could get his 40 mil fighting a handful of guys, but not many. There's not many uh, paydays like that out there for him. But Caleb Plant isn't going to make anywhere near this amount of money if he doesn't get this fight. That's the difference. And so it's the own. And again, again, I have to go back to this. The onus is on plant and PBC side to make the deal because they demanded it has to be on their platform their way. When you are the one making the demands, the onus is on you to get shit done. And the upfront demand that it's got to be on our side, our way, our platform, that puts the onus on you.
So I'm going to put not 100% of the blame, but I'm going to put the more than half of it, the majority of the blame on their side if this deal falls through. And you're only talking about one clause that you know about. There's several things that are going to come out in the coming weeks about this contract that you'll learn about, that you'll see. It's more complicated than you than you realize. But I'm glad you called, dude, and I want you to call in uh, to, to my pod. Call in anytime, man. All right? I'll, I'll pick you up on that. All right, brother. Have a great weekend, man. You do the same. Peace. Peace. All right, guys. After that, I know there's a bunch of people on the, on the phone right now, guys, but I'm seriously losing my voice. And we're going on two hours. My wife walked in and she was like, what's going on? And I'm looking at her like, it's okay. She's got a dress on. I think that means she wants to go get dinner. So uh, anyway, guys, I'm sorry for those of you on hold that uh, we didn't get in. We'll get you guys on next week. You guys know TNC Monday on The Ring Digital. So uh so call in there. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. I'll see you at the fights. If they ever make the damn fights. <laughs> <laughs>